it's been awesome. Like I've always wanted to start a podcast since I, I've been telling people this like consistently. I've been wanting to do a podcast since I was 17 years old. Um, so when the opportunity came up for stuff, like the way I got the opportunity to do the podcast was first of all, the podcast started the year before I got there. So it started back at the 2018-19 season. Okay. And, it, and it was run by a member of the men's soccer team and a member of the men's hockey team. Okay. So when George Floyd got uh, murdered last year, one of the things I went to student union was, hey, like, let's um, message the people who do the podcast to like that do an episode dedicated to like, like let's have like a round table, whatever, whatever it is, just let's have an episode talking about the stuff that's going on. Right. And then they said, oh, that's a great idea. There's just one problem. I was like, what? Uh, they're, they're graduating. I was like, oh. like, damn. And then he came up to me. He's like, do you want it? I'm like, me? Like, yeah, you. I was like, and this is like back in June 2020. So this is like way before anything we just talked about. I'm like, listen, right. I'm going into my second year. No one knows me. No one's going to care what little me has to say. Like, no. I was like, and then he's like, listen, Tasia, I'm like, there's other people that were looking to take over the podcast. Like, you're the best choice. To play. Strickland again, deep three. Got it. Are you kidding me? Boyd Strickland with another deep three. One set for sure. That one's going to be off the net. Great hustle there from Alcorn to read that one. Is it for for Philp? Two on one. Philp backdoor pass. Cox looking for Philp and he scores. Beautiful passing play. Luke Philp buries it. Fiddle on dresses inside to Josh Lee. He's onside. And there's the finish. Joshua Lee opens the scoring for Durham College in the gold medal game of the national championship. What a finish. Porter. Not a lot of time. Schluter. Oh, he hits it at the death. We've made it to the end of the first week back for myself on a podcast and the first week of existence of the all Canadian podcast. Welcome in everyone to episode three of the aforementioned all Canadian podcast powered by the all Canadian sports network. As always your host, Tyler Bennett with you once again, as you can see from the title of this episode, we have our second guest lined up joined by the first individual who will have been a guest on the Four Quarters podcast and now the All-Canadian podcast, Tejon Graham out of the Nipissing Lakers men's basketball program. We discussed a lot in the episode. We recorded it a couple of days ago. I believe it was on the 16th, Monday. We recorded the episode and... We unpacked a lot. We looked at anything and everything that Tejan has been doing in the last year from his work with New Base, Athletes for Change, the Lakers Locker Room Podcast, the BCCA, a charity he's working with as well, in addition to getting ready for a return to OUA basketball. We unpacked a lot in the 67-ish minute interview. And for the second interview in a row, the timeline I set 
went out the window pretty early. It is what it is. When you are a one-man team for now, and the conversation flows as well as it has for the first two episodes with head coach Hayden Nickel of the Holland College men's volleyball program on episode two that came out on Wednesday, and then now with Tejon in episode three, when the conversation flows as it does, the last thing you want to do is cut it short. The rules I knew wouldn't last long for the podcast. It never did for four quarters. I don't see it lasting for this one either. So you are in store for a good interview, to say the very least, a lot to digest and unpack and learn about Tejan and his initiatives away from basketball. And I encourage everybody to look in the description of this episode to check out the links to everything that I mentioned that Tejan is a part of. But before we get into that, and again, I'm throwing kind of rules out the window. In episode one, the reintroduction, I said that there was going to be your headlines, your news items at the start of every podcast. And then we would get into the interviews and all the extras and all the fun stuff at the end. Um, this one's going to be a bit different. And it's a rant that I've had before on social media, in other podcasts in the past. But with exhibition play across U Sports and a handful of CCAA schools in full swing and regular season football starting in eight days from when this drops, August 28th, is when the first RSEC football game between Montreal and Sherbrooke takes place Saturday, August 28th. There is zero conversation online about sport returning in Canada. Sports are back in Canada. U Sports, CCAA, MLB's back. Hockey's going to come back next year. Sports are back in Canada. And my rant is specifically around U Sports and CCAA. If you've come over from the Four Quarters podcast, you know where I stand on the level of media coverage our leagues get in Canada. And the level of attention we show the NCAA versus what we show our own country and our own schools and our own athletes here on a regular basis. And with sport being back now in youth sports, in the CCAA, after a year and a half off, okay, more than that, more than 18 months without competition in either league. The level of conversation and attention and respect or lack thereof for both leagues is appalling 
and downright disrespectful to the student-athletes, to the coaches, to the programs, to the families, all across the board. We are eight days away from regular season football coming back at the top university level in Canada. You'd be hard-pressed to know unless you went to one of those schools, Montreal or Sherbrooke. Or live in Quebec, because that's where the first game is being held. Outside of that, who knows? You may have some inklings that sports coming back soon if you're at a school or in an area where there's exhibition play going on. I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm honestly at a loss. And... We said it a while back, too, on, on Four Quarters, and there was a thread that looked at kind of the attention that Canadian sports get and major headlines of marquee players moving get attention in the States within minutes. And the return of sport is no different. As soon as one season ends – the next season is upon us. We're getting ready for it. There's preseason rankings the next day. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. I'm not saying we need to be at that point at all. Financially, we're not there. Can we get there? Sure. The eyeballs aren't there. People know that when the season stops, that's where the conversation stops. Once the Vanier Cup, is hoisted in football. Conversation stops. It shifts to basketball. It shifts to hockey. It shifts to volleyball. And once those sports end, it stops. Until a couple games in to the regular season. And then we're back to it. And you're making up for six months of lost time. It's a rant that could go on for hours and hours and hours. I'm not going to. Only going to go on it for about 10, 15 minutes because I want to get you to the interview with Tejan. But we said back when the NCAA uh, first came back, back on November 25th, 2020, I put it on the Four Quarters Media Instagram page. It says, when you sports and CCAA basketball make their return, we better match the same level of energy and enthusiasm that we project towards the NCAA. Let's celebrate our coaches, our student-athletes, our programs, and our leagues at home as much as we do those south of the border. That was almost a year ago. And I was, I was hopefully optimistic that when, when sport did finally come back in Canada, we would have a, an increased level of energy and attention. Now, it may be due to the fact that football is starting before school starts. Not everybody's on campus yet. That could be one of it. Could be one factor in the lack of conversation. People could be tied up in an underwhelming Blue Jays playoff run that's going to end in heartbreak like every other Toronto team seems to do for its fans. 
could be it could be a plethora of things. It could be the fact that other media outlets aren't talking about it. You're left to local media informing those in and around Montreal and Sherbrooke. For I'm just using them as the example because it's the first regular season game. There was a there was a handful of Canada West exhibition soccer games on Wednesday night. You didn't hear a thing about it from outside of the schools. And Howard Smura from Varsity Letters, who does a killer job covering the BC universities. If we could get a Varsity Letters in every province, whew, be laughing. Laughing at how much better the coverage would be, how many more eyeballs there would be, and the ripple effect would be huge. But back to Montreal, Sherbrooke. The local media is probably doing their thing, informing those around. The schools are probably doing their thing to, you know, inform their student body, their faculties, their staff to get people excited. But nationally, it's just flat. And it's always been that way. And it's painful. It is utterly painful to know these coaches, these student athletes, these staff members, the athletics admin, yada, 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 put all of this work in and nobody really cares outside of their school, except for a select few people. And it, and we, whether we do it subconsciously or not, we always compare ourselves to the NCAA. You can't do that. Financials, sheer population size, the number of schools, TV deals, media outlets, left, right, and center. Everybody has a podcast down south. Everybody's got a website. Everybody's got a blog. Everybody's got a chat forum. Yet you come up here, it's a ghost town. Can we do some of the things they do down there? Absolutely. Do we have people in place to do it? No. It's a select few. SIDs do a hell of a job. One hell of a job trying to cover all their teams. Whereas south of the border, two or three or four at one college or university assigned to different sports. Up here, it's one SID, one manager of communications with one or two people underneath trying to do it all. Graphic design, social media, writing, interviews, yada, yada, yada. We got to be creative in what we do. We have to support the independents that are out there doing what Howard Smurra is doing with Varsity Letters and others. It's just, it's just painful to know that we're eight days away from a return that is 18 plus months in the making. And nobody seems to care. Nobody. That sucks. That really sucks. For someone 
like myself who has and well, full admission didn't know much about U sports, didn't know much about CCAA growing up. And looking at the media coverage, not much has changed since in terms of national year round coverage. And now, in the last three, four years, have developed a deep passion for both leagues. It's tough to see. what others don't and it's tough to understand why there's no perceived value in covering these leagues whether it's financially whatever it is it's hard to understand why other people don't see a value in in U sports or the ccaa and that's part of why i started this is to show people that there are some out there that do care. They are paying attention. Your your hard work, your preparation, your hard work off the field or off the court or out of the pool or what off of whatever field of competition you're in or in sport. Some people do care and some people do notice. And that's what I'm hoping to do with the ACSN is, is shift those narratives and show that there is value to U sports. There is value to CCAA. These stories do matter. These athletes deserve the same level of coverage that we see our counterparts south of the border get on a yearly basis that ours only get when it's convenient or when games are on. That's it. And it's every sport. It's not just your big sports. It's not just the ones you think people are going to care about. Cover all the damn sports. Cover both men's and women's. If you're going to do it, do it right and do it all at once. Don't say you cover U sports, for example, across Canada. If you're only going to cover five sports. Don't have a U Sports tab on your major network website if you're not going to cover U Sports. Don't just put it there to save face if you're not going to actually do it. Live up to what you say. If you're going to do it, do it right. And that's what I hope to do here. I just want people to pay attention to our sport in Canada because we have a fantastic product on both levels. And I just ranted about the U Sports. There's no CCAA coverage anywhere at all. Locally, that's what you get. Provincially, hmm, some provinces. You'll see your TV networks like Global or CBC, the, the local stations, CTV, whatever, pick it up occasionally when it's, when it's convenient. Nationally, for the CCAA, Good one. There is none. And all of this obviously starts with the leagues themselves. You have to self-promote and everything else. You have to get your own word out there, your own product out there for others to care. I get it. But there's no external help anywhere. Except some local stations. Shout out Thomas Friesen. 
from the Brandon Sun for doing a fantastic job covering whatever he can in Manitoba. There's few and far between for CCAA. Emphasis on few. And there's a lot of distance in between. There's not many. I hope to see a sport kind of media landscape that covers these leagues to the extent they deserve. Will I see it in my lifetime? I hope so. I hope I lead the charge. Stems back to the five W's of the ACSN and the reintroduction. Why not me? Why not now? Sports back. Sports are back in Canada. Our media coverage needs to match. Does it match? Not even close. I almost swore, but I don't want to have that little explicit thing beside my podcast that says this isn't clean anymore. But it pisses me off that nobody, that people don't seem to care. They say they do. If you ask, oh, yeah, they care. Talk about it. Cover it. Promote it online. Do whatever you have to do. Don't be a closet U sports fan. Don't be a closet CCAA fan. Get out there and showcase it. Get the word out there. Use word of mouth. Cover it. Please. The athletes deserve it. The coaches deserve it. The fans deserve it. The families deserve it. The universities, the colleges, the country deserves it. But show our programs, our schools, there's 165 across CCAA and U sports, 99 in CCAA and 56 in U sports, 155, bad math, whatever it is, there's a lot. Okay. Cover these schools, please. But that's what you're going to get from me. Year-round social media, podcast, website when it's up. Year-round coverage of all of these schools to the best that I can. And in addition to anybody that we bring on staff to try and alleviate some of the work from one person. I don't know if any of that rant made any sense. I'll have to listen back after and hope for the best and we'll see what happens. But just take away. I have a passion for this and I'm going to do the best job I can to give our leagues the respect, the love, the attention, the admiration they deserve on a yearly basis, year round, consistent day in, day out. If you go to, the All-Canadian Sports Network on Instagram, Twitter, you will be able to scroll or click through the story or whatever and see what has happened in every league as I come across it. As the website gets up and running, you'll be able to find it there too and read about it. And as this podcast gains steam, you'll be able to listen to it three times a week and stay up to date that way. Between social media, website, podcast, you will be able to know 
who's going where, results, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on U Sports and the CCAA, men's and women's for all sports. You have my word. But that's enough of my unorganized, same old, same old rant that I always seem to go on. Let's get to the reason why you're here. And that will be to listen to what Tejon Graham has to say. We look at, again, like I said off the top, he's a part of New Base, Athletes for Change. He's the co-host of the Lakers Locker Room Podcast. The BCCA works with the charity, plays for the Nipissing Lakers men's basketball team. I still don't think he sleeps. I still think he operates with more than 24 hours in a day. And I don't believe him when he says he has the same clock we all have. We look at each of his initiatives that he's involved with. I wanted to make sure we gave all of them the light they deserve. And I fed off him. He explains what he does with everything, the change he's pushing for, why he has started some of these initiatives in the first place. We reflect on who he was a year ago, almost to the day when we did the four quarters podcast back in August, 2020 to who he is now as a person. And then we closed off the interview looking at the, the season ahead in the OUA and kind of the excitement and, and some things that he has planned with his initiatives that coincide with kind of the basketball schedule for the Lakers. So it's enough of me talking about myself. Hopefully I didn't lose you already. Well, let's not waste any more time. There's no cuts. There's no breaks. There's no nothing. Let's jump in right now to the interview that you're here for. Episode three of the All Canadian Podcast, powered by the All Canadian Sports Network with myself and Nipissing Lakers forward slash one of the most impressive human beings I've ever chatted with on a podcast, Tejon Graham. Enjoy. All right, so as we continue along with the third episode of the All Canadian Podcast, joined now by the first guest who has appeared on the Four Quarters Podcast, which was last August, so almost a year to the day that you appear on that one and then come on to the All-Canadian podcast from the Nipissing Lakers men's basketball program, Tejon Graham. Tejon, first off, I want to thank you again for doing this. I know we talked a bit before we hit record and did everything, uh, but how are you? How are things given uh, the last 365 days that we'll get into later on? But how are you doing? How's the family? How's everybody doing? Everyone's good. Um, I've been very fortunate that no one's been affected by COVID in my family, so it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been fortunate to be double vax, so completely got that out of the way. And right. currently, right now, we're back at we're back at school, getting ready for the season with the team and here at Nipissing. So I'm just super excited to be on this podcast and just get into everything I've done over the last 365 days since we last did this podcast last year. So thank you for having me back on. And like like you said too, before you before we hit record and did all the formalities of this, you said you are a completely different person than you were a year ago. And we're going to see that with uh, everything that you've started, put together, uh, are pushing for in the last 365 days. Um, I listened back to the old one 
today at work just for comparison to see what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, have you gotten used to wearing the mask yet? That was one of the first things you said last time is with asthma, that's probably the hardest thing. Has it gotten any easier? Actually, it has. Um, because when you do something so much, like, you eventually get used to it. Like it's a repetition, right? It becomes a habit. So I've actually been able to get used to it because obviously at the time it was so new and right. the pandemic just started. So like, <laughs> like all the things were going around. But now that the vaccine is hopeful, or excuse me, like the pandemic has kind of settled down a little bit and it's been over a year. So probably like 15, 16 months since the pandemic started last year. It's given me enough time to actually get used to going to, you know, the grocery store or even when I go to the, the gym originally you had to go wear your mask and then you take it off the gym so all these different things that's kind of preparing me to be able to get comfortable with the mask now mm-hmm. do I still like wearing a mask no but I just know that's the situation we're in and I just got to deal with the head on so right that's where I'm at with that I, I every time I go out now too like I'm always worried that I'm gonna forget it and you've got masks and pockets of pants that you wore like a week ago or coats oh. and like everybody's every pocket has a mask at this point and I'm still, I still hate wearing it. When am I going to do it? Yes. But I feel like, I feel weird without it now when I go anywhere, even when I go into my office, you take it off. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Cause I'm in public without a mask on my face. Yeah. And that's funny. Cause that's one of the things that we, I talked about in my house with my teammates is that even when the pandemic is declared over, it's going to take a while for people to really register that we don't need to wear a mask anymore. So mm-hmm. even if you see other people like not wearing a mask, like me personally, I might, still be kind of apprehensive saying that just in case I might still want to wear a mask even though I don't need to so that's the thing too and another thing too and I told my mom and I love my mom to death but I hated how my mom kept buying me masks like my mom is buying me four or five six masks like their hats and I remember telling my aunt uh, the backyard one time like I don't want to keep wearing masks like this is something Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep doing so I don't want to have four or five six masks where I have like an Adidas mask, a rapper's mask, a Jordan mask. Like, I don't want different designs. Of <laughs> like I don't want 50 million masks. So no, it, it's crazy how fast they accumulate. Like, as you're saying that, like I'm looking behind me, we have like our masks on our key hooks and like there's only two of us here and we've got to have like 12, 15 masks between the two of us and only wear like the same three. You wear them, you wash them, you wear them again, you wash them. I don't know what we do with the other 12 that we have. And you see some people that match them to outfits and, you know, they coordinate everything. I don't have the time for that. Let alone everything else. And honestly too, like, once again, like when the pandemic happens, what are you going to do with all those masks? Like you're not going to wear them. Like what are you going to do with them? (laughs) Do you, do you think we'll ever, someone asked me this question the other day and I honestly have no idea. I don't know what the answer is. Do you ever think we'll get back to a world where it's completely mask free? I think so, but it's going to take a long time to do it. Cause like I said, even when the, like I said, there's going to be a two groups of people. There's going to be people that are going to be excited to take the mask off right away mm-hmm. when the pandemic is declared over. And then there's going to be people like myself who know the pandemic's over, but are still going to be a little bit apprehensive to take the mask off completely because there's still going to be that thought in mind that, you know, it might come back or something might right. happen again. Like they're putting themselves at risk again so right. i think it's going to take people some people might be like at the day they announce it or taking their mask off throw them in the garbage and good to go but some people it's going to take a long time for people to get used to right. it again like, i honestly if i had to put a number on it i'd probably just say a couple years for people to like really for everyone to get comfortable again right but like i said there's gonna be two groups of people when it's done right i could i can see masks kind of being that mandatory thing until like the end of this year 
like 20 end of 2021 get through like the first couple months of school and see kind of how the younger kids do with not being eligible to get a vaccine or be able to be vaccinated and see how those cases go then and then I think 2022 is when you'll start to see that really lift um uh, but yeah I'm with you I think it's going to be a few years before it's mask free for everybody because there's still going to be people that wear them I'll probably wear it for the first bit afterwards too just in case so you never know what's going to happen or who you're going to run into who may have a medical exemption that can't get uh, a vaccine so then you're potentially carrying it to them and there's a lot of factors into it that I don't think like when they say you're done wearing them I don't know if I'll be that person that's no mask right away exactly I want to jump into everything you've done in the last year and I'm just going to name off the things and we'll start wherever you want. Cause I want to give each of them as much light as we can. Um, to say the last 365 days have been busy for you uh, and productive, I think would be understatements. You have, and correct me if I'm wrong as I go, uh, just cut in. If I make anything uh, a mistake, you are the co-founder of new base which is the Nipissing University Black Association for Student Expression. And the president, yeah. And president, okay. President, too. You got to put that in there. Humble, <laughs> humble brag there. Yeah. Uh, the founder and director. Any other roles of this one? Or is that, no, is that right? Good. Yeah, that's of good. Athletes for Change, yes. which is the uh, first uh, Black, Indigenous, person of color, student athlete uh, liaison working group formed in Canada that offers a community of support uh, for Black, Indigenous, persons of color, student athletes, and youth sports with the slogan of using the game to create the change. Yes. You are the co-host of the Lakers Locker Room Podcast, mm -hmm. uh, which is your student athlete podcast in Nipissing. Yes. You are a student liaison um, with the Black Canadian Coaches Association. Yes. And you also mentioned you're working with a charity. Yes. I'm also the student liaison for the Harris Brand Foundation. So it's a it's a foundation that's looking towards giving um, scholarship opportunities for um, a young black student athletes, as well as mentorship. First question is how do you, how many hours do you have in your day? Because the rest of us have 24 and I usually sleep for, you know, I go to bed for like seven to eight of mine. Uh, how many hours are you uh, operating on in a day? Because to have those five things plus be a student athlete, plus have a life, plus whatever else you do, how many hours does Tejon have in a day that we don't have? I do have 24 hours. I just, I've done a very good job of just managing my time. And that's one thing that I've been very blessed with is having great organization and planning skills, which has fortunately helped me to really navigate all these things that I'm doing. Because I remember at the beginning, people kept saying, you know, you do a lot of, this is like when online school is still going, you know, you do a lot of stuff, but like, how do you, how do you have time to train or how do you have time to do this? I'm like, planning. Like an agenda has really become my best friend. And at the time when I was like in elementary school, I really hated agendas because I always had a negative connotation because every time I didn't have a good day, the teacher would kind of circle the sad mm. face and say, Tasia didn't have a great day. So I really, I honestly ended up hating agendas from like elementary school up until high school. Right. But then recently with all the stuff that I'm doing, because I used to have, I have so much meetings the first probably three months when I started like new base slash ACA, like it was like nonstop. So I'd actually have to keep writing down, you know, meeting with this person on Tuesday. Like there were some days where I would actually have like four meetings back to back 
to back to back. Like I just had to write it down. So right. it became it became a point where it just honestly became a habit and actually helped me navigate when I need to focus on, you know, ACA, when I need to focus on new base matters, when I need to focus on my training, which always comes first, because that's my first priority. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously some work with the BCCA, like I might have a meeting here and there. So honestly, just having an agenda being, you know, organized has really helped me navigate those last 365 days of all the stuff that I do. I'm, I'm that person who buys an agenda every year, uses it for two weeks, and then it sits in my bag for the rest of the year. And then I buy one in January thinking this is going to be a new year. And I think I'm that person that agenda companies love because I never use it. Just I'm just giving them money for free, basically, for two weeks of an agenda. And then I just carry it around. That is the type of person I am. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, I envy people like you who religiously use it. And I wish I could be that person. Um, but that is not me and I will fully admit my fault on agendas and wasting paper that others could probably use. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Let's start with new base then. Uh, You mentioned a bit before coming on kind of how it all got started. Um, But what was it about new base that kind of pushed everything off the ground for you? Where did new base uh, stem from? So new base stemmed from obviously um, George Floyd. So George Floyd got murdered May 25th and um, the school, my snippets unfortunately took some time to post a statement. So they, they posted a statement on June 3rd. So at the time when you hear, you know, eight days to post a statement, you're probably thinking, okay, this is going to be like a very well thought out statement. So like they went through the necessary process. Like it's going to be well thought out and like really hit the point. Unfortunately, when the statement came out, it was the complete opposite. It, not to shed line the school because the school you know, has done a lot better, which we'll talk about, but they mm-hmm. completely missed the mark. It was completely disingenuous. It didn't hit the point. It was kind of more like PR in terms of like they're trying to yeah. say they, they brought up pretty quickly and then they moved on and focused on other parts, you know, like Pride Month and Digital Month, which is totally fine. Yep. So that's where that started. And then when that happened, uh, it was more, it wasn't even myself. It was like our co-captains at the time who just graduated this past year and our head of basketball operations were really upset because they had been in Nipissing and North Bay for four to five years. Mm-hmm. I was only there for one year at the time. I just completed my, for my first year when it happened. Yep. So they had more experience about this whole situation than I did. And they realized, okay, like enough's enough. They need, we need, they need to do something. And then how it happened was um there was a video that we uh that our co-captains posted wanted to post on instagram page talking about george floyd and saying black lives matter and for some reason the school was giving them flack saying that if they want to post a video they need to have proof that all members of the men's basketball team uh approved of the message but the thing was about that though was the precedent wasn't that wasn't the precedent like if people if you want to post something on your page you can post on your page why is it all of a sudden that they're posting about george floyd and black lives matter that's a problem mm-hmm. so they decided to go through putting it up anyways. And then me being a loyal team, and I created a video that still might you know, that, you know, people had to come, had to understand that, you know, racism and justice exists. Like people had to be uncomfortable with the harsh reality, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of how it started in terms of, they knew that they needed someone, my co-captain knew they needed someone to lead it on because this was going to be the last year, including our head of basketball operations. So, it kind of graduates to me. Like they approached me and said, Hey, listen, like, let's come up, let's, let's come together. Let's kind of come up with ideas. And I always say this too, like, I never take credit 
I always take credit for helping found new base or co-found new base, but I'll never take credit for coming up with the idea to start a club. That was all them. Mm-hmm. Like I was just the young person that they needed to help continue on because they were going to their fifth and sixth year respectively. And I was going mm-hmm. to my second year. Right. So I had, I had at the time, I had four more years of school to actually carry this on. Mm-hmm. So once we came together, we started working with the student union because the student union reached out to us, wanted to meet with us, wanted to you know tell us, you know, thank you for saying all the stuff that you did. Like, it was really appreciated because the student union really wanted to find a way to support the students during this time. Right. Because when the when the statement got put out, a lot of students, it started with a co-captain, like put under the Instagram um, post, you know, what kind of what kind of post is just I'm just like paraphrasing. It was like, what kind of post was this? Like this is completely missing point, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. When he post when he posted that first um, post, everyone posted after it. Not black students, white students, mm-hmm. alumni, um, like faculty, like every everyone you could think of posted something in terms of saying, like that day, people were ashamed to be part of the school. Mm-hmm. Alumni, like it was that bad. Yep. So so the student union really reached out to us saying that they wanted to find a way to support us um, because we knew we wanted to do something, but we didn't know where to go. Like I talked to you about before the pod, like. We just knew we, it's, the conversation just was like, we need to do something, but we didn't know what it was. Right. So then the student unit came up to us and was like, you know, you guys can probably start a club because they talked about something that was around in the mid 2000s, like an Afro-Caribbean club. Okay. But, the, but unfortunately, when the founders or the people that are part of that club graduated, the, the, uh, the group left for them too. So, mm-hmm. and so the whole kind of concept was kind of dead for at the time, like 10 plus years. Wow. So we knew that we wanted to... St- start our own group like around the same uh format kind of like for black students and stuff like that mm-hmm. but the main thing for us was that we need to make sure that when we all graduate that it still move, uh, continues right so i went through the process in november to start the club because that's a long process like uh we're gonna talk about athletes for change after but like every yep. time i hear other groups talk about you know how they had support and had faculty supporting them i was like we didn't have any of that like we had to create our own constitution we had to put okay. our forms in. We had to get our own executives. We had to create our own logos. Like, like it was kind of crazy because for those like three months, because we started the process in November and then we officially became a club January 29th, which was my mom's birthday, which is kind of crazy. But um, okay. But basically, we it became a full time job. Honestly, it came to a point where like we were we were focusing more on creating the club than actually doing school. Like, oh wow! That's okay. how much that's how much work we put into starting this. So once it. We got all the stuff through. We got all the constitution, our executives in order. We officially became a club January 29th. And then we got it running, did a couple of stuff online last year, just because of COVID. Um, we did a successful t-shirt campaign. We had the opportunity to go on TV a couple of times uh, with CTV Northern Terror and, and um, local, uh, local North Bay News. And we have a lot of stuff planned for um, this year that I'm very excited about because we're back in person. So right. really excited to be back in North Bay and just really continue to grow new base into First full year as a group, and then second year kind of with uh, our full executives. Right. I think just one thing on like the on the statement too from Nippus thing. I, I don't think they're the only school that had a statement that was just kind of like a blanket. No. And it's it, we had the conversation last time too around uh, a blackout Tuesday and people just kind of posting things to be I guess on trend, which it's not a trend. And you see a lot of schools and businesses post a generic kind of statement to show their support and say, again, say they understand or whatever terms they use just to save face. And then they just kind of, they can say, okay, we said something, 
and away we go. And you can't, that doesn't make any positive change. It just makes things that much worse. You're just fanning the flames as opposed to trying to help uh, be a part of the bigger picture. And that's what I loved about starting Athletes for Change is because, like you said, a lot of basically every single group that's in the ACA right now started the same way. Like yep. it was a statement by their school that they said, okay, what is this? And then that's how student athletes said, you know, we need to do something. And then they started a group. So yep. it's it, like what you said, like every school that has a, a group now and um, the OUA started because of a statement, which is kind of cool because that's what kind of brought us together. Not just that, how we started, but the fact that we're student athletes and we we're passionate about this. Yeah. Um, was it, was it tough starting new base online with school, not in person? Was that a bit of a challenge for you and like to try and grow it and get some traction around the, the university? Oh, it was very tough. Um, cause the first thing was when we started the conversation, like the thing about last year, because last year was such a wash was that myself and our co-captains only saw each other in person for like a month and a half. Right. Like, because we got there in September, and then unfortunately our school had a COVID outbreak, so we had to go home. So even to this day, I haven't seen them since November. Oh, wow. Okay. And even though they graduated, like, I haven't seen them in person since November. So Jeez. once we kind of go on, that's what I'm saying, because we were only together for like maybe 45 days tops, like a month mm-hmm. and a half, and then we got went home. So we had to switch online. I remember at the time, we were still doing online school. Right. So that's why I was saying like it became a full-time job because all the stuff we had to do in new base, like with the logo and the, um, the constitution, like it was crazy. So it made it harder too, because we also had to find times that worked for all of our schedules to meet, to talk about stuff and also to meet with the school and the student union because the student union also had a job to do. So right. it became really difficult to, you know, manage people's schedules, how much time we have. Sometimes people had to miss uh, meetings just because of other um, commitments. So it became super difficult. And even, at the time I was recording, like the student union, I have not met anyone in the student union. And that's, and I first talked to them 14 months ago and I've still not met them in person. Wow. So doing, so really working online the last year was hard, yeah. but we were, I'm so blessed because we were able to work around it and we were able to do a lot with the situation that we were, you know, dealt with. Right. And having that now solid foundation kind of built and being able to navigate everything online virtually do everything that you were able to do to get it started off the ground now when september rolls around and you're back in person yeah meeting people in face-to-face for the first time in the student union might be uh, a challenge in some ways but at the same time you've already got this foundation built and now you guys just pick up and run year one in person year two overall and with all the things you have planned and it's it's a way you go yeah, and like, and we knew that when we started new base, like we knew for those, because like I said, we started it second half of the year, so basically like the school was like the four months from January to April, so we all agreed that this first year was going to be foundation year. Like, let's just make sure that we have the proper foundation, so that hopefully when we go back into person, which we now know we are, mm-hmm. that we can go off and running. Because the last thing that we need as student athletes is all this stuff to do, because that was the thing that made us so amazing for us to start, is because this was like a golden opportunity. Like I know a lot of people always wanted to do something and the beauty about this whole pandemic that gave people time to actually do things they always yes. wanted to do. Because I've said it many times in my own podcast, had George Floyd got murdered and we still had a 2020-21 season, I don't think we would have started a new base because it would have always been a conversation that we need to do something, but we would have never had the time to actually sit down and actually do it properly because we would have had training camp, season, uh, practice, uh, road trips, and by the time we know the school year is done. 
yep. because again, I remember as student athletes, like a lot of time goes by like that. Like you think one minute you're waking up, it's August, you know, 16th at the time of recording, you blink your eyes, it's the end of the season and it's at nationals. Like yep. it goes by that fast. So we knew that this was a golden opportunity to really start something and mm-hmm. we have time. So we don't need to rush. We don't need to, you know, do all these crazy things. Let's actually take the time to actually build it properly so that when 21, 22 comes around, that we can just go. Like right. we don't need to do any extra things that we always do is put our plan into place and just do what we want to do. And I think we successfully did that. And I'm just so proud of everyone that's been a part of this process because it's been a long and treacherous process, but I'm excited to reap the benefits of it this coming year. Time, the, the concept and the idea of time was that kind of crutch and excuse for a lot of people because they say they don't have any time. They don't want, they can't pursue their own things because they have to work all the time and they don't have time. And then COVID hits. And now all we have is time because we couldn't go anywhere at the start and couldn't do anything. And you see a lot of things like new base and athletes for change. And a lot of things start up because we have that time. And like you said, you build it properly, do it the right way. And now time is going to be a lot harder to come by, but you already have that foundation built. And now you can just pick up and run and use that agenda and balance everything as you go. Exactly. Let's move on to athletes for change then, since you've, you've touched on it already. And to add to the laundry list of things that you've got going on, you guys do uh, a partnership series every Monday. You do a outside the game IGTV series every Wednesday and an athlete spotlight every Friday to make it even more busy for you. Again, I don't believe you have 24 hours, but I'm just going to roll with it anyways. Um, Just talk to me about Athletes for Change. I know you've touched on it a bit already, but uh, kind of what it's about, uh, the goal, the focus, everything else that way. Uh, What is is Athletes for Change? So Athletes for Change is uh, comprised of newly formed BIPOC athletic groups across the country. Right now it's currently the only way, but the goal is to make it across the country within the next year. So the way it started was um, around the time New Base became official, like in January, um, I saw on social media a lot of different schools were past student athletes starting a group. And I remember specifically one day my aunt came over, my aunt lives in well, she came over to spend time with us. And I remember just going through my phone, I just seen like you know, Ottawa started a group. And I remember U of T was the first school to start a group with the BVA, like as soon as George Floyd happened, uh, you know, it's like Waterloo and like um, York. And I was like, there's something going on because student athletes are starting groups at the same time. Like something has to be going on. Mm-hmm. And with me knowing the platform that we have as student athletes, because when, especially in a small school at like Nipissing, for example, like we're all that we have. Like if you go to school, like you see student athletes, you know, on the bus, in the community, mm-hmm. uh, brochures, posters, whatever. So I just knew that if there's a way that I can connect all these groups and student athletes together, that we can really do big things because like I said, we all started the same way. We're all passionate about this stuff. We all have our own ideas, but mm-hmm. let's come together and let's collectively do them because, you know, you're stronger. Like I said, it's like they say, like a slap can like, you know, do some harm, but a fist can really like be a knockout punch. So if you actually really come together, then it's okay. Like we can really do some things. So the way, and it's kind of how I got linked to the BCCA because I was working with a clothing brand from alumni school in Nipissing because I was doing some editing stuff for him. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was telling him that, you know, I needed, um, hey, like I'm, I'm trying to start this group, you know, I have this idea. Then he was like, okay, let me introduce you to um, coach Leanne Osei from St. FX. Like I know her, like she's super dope. I was like, okay, cool. Um, met with her that Friday. And then 
and also her and um, Corey Grant, who's the offensive coordinator for the Master Marauders football team. And then I, I remember telling them, hey, like, I have this idea, like starting a group. And they said, that's a really great idea. And then they helped me with it. Mm-hmm. So the OUA and U of T was doing an anti-racism uh, project, basically getting like data and all that type of stuff. So one of the things that included was um, working with U of T because U of T had like the list of all the student athletes, um, like emails and stuff like that. So right. when I so when I was seeing all these other groups formula, I was seeing, you know, the picture, like, you know, meet the founder of this person, meet the founder of that person. So I was able to correlate the social media posts with the list and see, okay, that person's name, go on the list. Okay, perfect. Write this person's name down, that person's name down, et cetera. And then with their help, I was able to come up with the list of certain people needed to contact, um, set up a set up an introduction, say, hi, my name is Tasha Eccleston Graham. I started New Base, blah, blah, blah. I had this idea called Acts for Change. Um, I saw you guys are starting a group. I would love to meet with all you guys. So I basically sent out, I created like a listserv and just sent the same email out to like 15 different people. Right. And unfortunately, everyone responded back, which was awesome. That's good. So met with them March 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had an introduction Zoom call like this. And then we eventually, be, uh, we eventually became a group. And thanks to the OUAs on BBI committee, because uh, thanks to Corey, I was able to go into the BBI committee and share with them about the Athletes for Change. The good thing about it too is that and like I said, it goes back to all my planning. I actually created like a, a Google Doc action plan. Okay. Like I, okay. I actually created like, okay, this is what I want. So I wanted to be. This is what I want to do with it. This is like the goals, the main goals I have, and this is how I want to do it. It's so basically like an entire plan of okay, this is like my goal from like right now to like say 2022. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do. So once I got the OEA on board, they were able to help support me with like promotion. Um, getting me on Zoom calls, helping me meet certain people. And then the more that they did that, more people started to come in. Because when I first started the ACA, there's probably like six groups. Today, mm-hmm. there's, about, there's like 11 in the OEA. Oh, okay. And, and then there's, there's two currently forming at Queens and Ryerson, which will make 13. Jeez. So once, like I said, so once I got a contact with all the student athletes, I just showed them my plan. I showed them like what I wanted to do. And I think they... And I think it made it easier for them to hop on because they saw how dedicated I was to this night. They saw like the vision because once I was able to sell them on the action plan, like they knew this was something to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And plus it gave people the opportunity to meet different student athletes who are doing the same thing as them, like like-minded people. So they can kind of right. bounce ideas out of each other, ask questions. And for those who are in the same city, for example, at the Toronto schools with, you know, U of T, um, Ryerson, York, uh, if you want to do Kitchen and Waterloo with Waterloo and uh, Wolf Laurier, if yep. you want to do Carlton with uh, Carlton, uh, Ottawa, excuse me, with Carlton, Ottawa, like it gave them an opportunity to meet and then they could even collab on things that when they play each other, because like obviously we talked about this on one of the um, calls that yes, sports makes like a rivalry, but when it comes to like this type of stuff, we're all on the same team. Like, we're all trying right. to fight for the same thing. So even though our schools are rival, better rivals in sports, like we can use the opportunity to actually come together and like actually say like, even when schools arrive, we're going to come on together on one team and like we're going to fight for the same thing. So that's how really Athlete for Change started. I'm super blessed to have met every single student athlete. I've been super blessed to have been given the opportunity to lead this organization because it hasn't been easy. You know, sometimes like people are busy, people are working on type of stuff, so managing people's schedules. But also, too, is just I'm just so blessed to like have people trust me enough to like actually, you know, let me lead this because it's something that I never thought of doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm blessed that I've been given the opportunity to start this because I think it's really needed. And I think the fact that it's the first of its kind is going to make it more unique for people to want to jump on because once we get, yes. you know, RCQ involved, AUS, Canada West, that's when people are really going to see the benefits of it. 
And even with the ACA, we have a lot of stuff planned. Um, I personally have a, a huge event planned that I'd love to talk about after that's going to be really big. Right. And just really excited to see how ACA grows moving forward. Um, I just want to say one thing, too, on you mentioned student athletes having that platform. And as you said, especially at Nipissing, um, kudos to you uh, for using your platform to do things like this. And I know you say you're blessed to have met all these student athletes and, and to have the opportunity to do this. I may be speaking out of, out of turn, but I'm going to speak on their behalf and say those feelings are most likely reciprocated to you. Uh, they are probably blessed to have you leading this push for change. Um, so I, I want to commend you on doing everything you are doing, being that change uh, that you want to see in the world. So I think given everything you have going on, just make the time to find time to do everything that you do uh, is, is incredible. And I think full, full kudos to you for, for doing what you are doing. I just wanted to make sure we added that in before, uh, we, we went any further. Oh, thank you. It's, it's not easy to do one of these things, let alone the five things you have going on. So to say you're blessed to have met everybody, those feelings I'm willing to bet go right back to you and being the one to take that first step. And that first step is probably the, the hardest, the toughest, the most intimidating to do. But as you've seen with new base athletes for change, everything else, you took that first step and everything's just kind of snowballed and you're here now with everything on a solid foundation and with school coming back, now you're off and running with this year and everything you have planned. I'm excited to see what you guys have planned for everything you've got listed here. Yeah. And if people, and if people want to learn more about athlete for change, they can go to our Instagram at underscore athletes for change. And our website has been up for about a, over a month now. So people can go to www.athletesforchange.net. So you can go on the website, check us out, um, check out what we've done, who's involved. And yeah, that, that's, that's my shout out to my own group. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm going to put the Instagram for new base athletes for change Lakers locker room podcast, BCCA, uh, the website for BCCA and athletes for change in this. So it's easy. Just scroll down, go to all four Instagram pages, follow all four, and then check out the websites of each. And that way you can keep up to date with what's going on. Uh, where do you want to go next? Do you want to talk about events you have planned? Do you want to talk about Lakers locker room? Do you want to talk about the season? I'm going to follow you on this one. Where do you, what haven't we shone light on yet? Do you want to shine light on? I definitely want to talk about some events that we have this year. Overall, we have a lot of events. Sure. I'm excited. Um, so like I said, last year for new base was, like I said, it was a foundation year, but we were able to do some stuff. So the first thing that we did was, I created a video series for Black History Month called Time to Educate. So Time mm -hmm. to Educate was an IGTV series that we partnered with New Salon, so the, the, the Nipissing University Student Union, where we had a, we started, it was a month-long video series, and it gave people the time, the opportunity to see and learn about different influential Black Canadians. Because every time we talk about Black History Month, it was always about, you know, the stuff that goes on south of the border, you know, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., which is great, mm -hmm. but... We need to, we really want to shed light on the stuff that goes on here in Canada. Because I've said it before, like, if you think that racism doesn't exist here in Canada, then you are sadly mistaken. So, yeah. We, so we really 
wanted to, like I said, shine light on those that people don't know about. So what we did was we got all the clubs that never seen involved. So we basically came up with a list of people that they can do. So it was Monday to Friday. So for four weeks, so 20 people. Um, each week had a theme. So one week was like sports. One week was like uh, teaching. One team was like entertainers. And then the last week of February was all about women. So every day of that last week was about women. So we got people involved to create videos. Um, I edited every single video. So that was a crazy thing. I had to edit 20 videos in 26 days to get them up every single weekday. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I got it done. Um, shout out to Sarah McGowan from New Super for helping me with that. So she, she's awesome. Um, yeah, so then people really got the opportunity to learn something. And people are actually telling me that, hey, like I actually learned, I actually learned from these videos. Like they're actually pretty cool. Um, so that was the one thing. The second thing that we did was we did a t-shirt campaign called Hashtag Unity, which was started by one of the co-founders, Shannon Ashtay, who was also my co-captain who, who just graduated mm -hmm. um, from Nipissing. So it was something that he came up with because, like I said, when um, they did the Black Lives Matter thing for something, for some reason, it was like, oh my gosh, it was so controversial to say Black Lives Matter. So right. he, wanted to, he wanted to create something that people can get behind. So he came up with Hashtag Unity just to... Uh, use the logo for Nipissing, so like the NU. Yeah. So that people say NUity. So that's how he came up with that. And what we did was he created like a T-shirt to give to students, student athletes, to get the school involved, to bring the community together. What was amazing about that was we put out a graphic on our new base Instagram account for like first hundred students to come up with. Uh, excuse me, first hundred students to sign up for our Google form gets a T-shirt. What was amazing, Tyler, was we had two hundred requests for a T-shirt. Damn. Two hundred requests for a T-shirt. Okay. That's how crazy it was. So got that. And just see, just seeing how much people were really willing to actually support the group was actually crazy. And like I said, this is all online. Never met these people, never seen these people mm -hmm. like going through crazy times. And the fact that people were wanting to get a shirt, wanting to support, people were rocking the shirt and tagging us on Instagram, like it was amazing. So those are things that we did last year. This year we have a lot of events planned. A lot of this be mostly in the second semester just because of um we're still dealing with no COVID. Like I said, like I told you with the um, Nipissing made it mandatory for um, vaccines to come around. So obviously some people might not be able to come on campus first semester, whatever case may be. Right. So we got some stuff going on. For the first thing is um, we are doing a Black History Month uh, museum uh, in February. Oh, okay. So this right. is an idea I had way back in June, July, 2020, before um, we knew that there wasn't going to be a season back then. Mm -hmm. So this is really going to tell have like a museum across the school. So like placing like the athletic center library. Uh, we just got a new student center, which is beautiful. So placing student center, education center. So everywhere people go for that month, people are going to see, you know, like videos and, um, you know, uh, science board, just like anywhere you can go, like you're going to see stuff about Black History Month. So that's one thing that we're doing. Uh, another thing that we're doing is with the student union, we're going to host a theme dance called um, Celebrate the Culture. Okay. So on January 15th. So that will be the day that hey, 15th. That, that's my birthday. I'm just saying. Oh, there you go. So good day. Um, yeah. So we be Damn. that week, that weekend, it'll be on the Saturday. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be a great opportunity to get people to come out. Uh, I'll be DJing, so that's gonna be great. So like get people involved, like you know, music, like hip hop, throwbacks, pop music, reggae, dance hall, circle, like you name it, like everything's gonna be played tonight. It's gonna be a great opportunity for people to come out, show support, uh the right. great fundraising opportunity. So I'm super excited for that. Um, we're also going to be doing a multicultural week this year. So they did something like this a few years ago, but obviously with public um, safety, like that kind of got 
squash over the years. Right. But we're hopefully able to bring it back. So it's going to be a great opportunity for people to, you know, celebrate people's different cultures. Because the thing about New Base is not just about like black students. Like, even though it's black in the name, we want to celebrate all cultures. Like, we want to bring right. everyone together. Like, we don't want to exclude a group. Like, anyone that wants to be part of it, we welcome them open arms. So I think multicultural can be a great opportunity to, you know, have different nationalities, you know, whether it's a Caribbean or African or Italian or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, if we can't get people to cook their foods like straight from the residents, then what we're looking to do, which is also going to help us with our connection with the community, is probably get like local businesses you know, to donate food because we have mm-hmm. Chinese places here. Um, uh, we have Italian places here, like all different ethnic groups. We're going to try to partner with them to, you know, get them to donate food. And plus, it can be a great opportunity for promotion. So that's going to be a win win for both if we can do that. Um, another thing that we're doing is another teach a mentorship program. So we actually had one of our executives, Tyrell Chambers, uh, is our mentorship program director. Mm-hmm. So this is an idea that myself and Shandon had last year, where we really want to have our effect with this group on the local high schools, because we understand mm-hmm. with this situation that the future stakeholders of Nipissing are uh, high school students. So yep. we want them to feel comfortable going to Nipissing, make sure there's a safe space. So why not start that now? So the mentorship mm-hmm. program direct, mentorship program is going to tell us going to the local high school. So since North Bay is a pretty small city, it's going to be it's like four or five main high schools. Okay. And that's going to involve us going to schools, doing seminars. We still don't know if we can do them in person or not. So we still have to figure that out. But if we right. can, it's going to entail with us maybe going to classroom, gym, hosting seminars about, you know, racism, microaggressions, stereotypes. Have you seen racism? How you deal with racism? Any questions people have? Like, it's really going to be an open conversation and just really an opportunity for these kids to be educated about this stuff. Because uh, unfortunately, you know, with last year, a lot of people, I think now people realize what the stuff that happened last year. I think we even talked about it last time that people realize, you know, some of the things that they might have said or some of the thoughts that they've had probably weren't the best just because, you know, people were kind of ignorant. Yep. So this time it's going to be a great opportunity for people to learn about these things mm-hmm. and of course ask questions like if people want to be honest and you know i said this before like why was it not okay like we want that yeah like, we know we want people to feel comfortable because hey like at the end of the day like we all make mistakes but how you learn from them is how it's what's going to make you a better person so yes. we will open that so super excited for the mentorship program um along with the mentorship program is going to be a t-shirt campaign that we're doing so basically what it is is that the university is going to create an e-store um, we, were trying, we were trying to do this last year, but it couldn't work because obviously the people that make the Easter or the sourcing were closed because of COVID. Right. So what it's, what it's going to be is we're going to have a design contest at each school and whichever student comes up with the best design for a t-shirt will have their t-shirt go up on the Easter. Because when we did our NUD campaign last year, we saw the success of the t-shirts. And with obviously our goal to really inspire the younger generation with the high school students, we want to find a way to combine both best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. So that's what the high school teacher campaign is going to do. It's going to give us opportunity to fundraise. So probably the e-store, people can, you know, buy them for like probably cheap, like five or 10 bucks. Um, a lot of people last year when we did um, the annuity t-shirts, like alumni are asking us, hey, like, can we get these t-shirts? So this year it's going to be available to everyone. So people, anyone can buy it. You don't have Sweet. to go to thing. You don't have to be in North Bay. Like you can buy a t-shirt. So it's just going to be a great opportunity to bring everyone together. The final event that I'm super, super, super excited for is something I created called Shoot for Change. So Shoot for Change is going to be an anti-racism basketball game that Nipissing will be doing against Ontario Tech University. Okay. We played on January 28th and January 30th. So the Shoot for Change game is an idea that came back up with in January, June 2020. So that was one of the goals for Athletes for Change. So Shoot for Change is going to be the same format as kind of Shoot for the Cure, but this one's going to be solely focused on anti-racism promotion. 
Mm-hmm. So meeting with the OUA, the OUA approved it. Um, we're going to have like t-shirts, uh, specific t-shirts. I'm um, trying to go to Adidas because unfortunately both Nipissing and Ontario Tech are Adidas schools. So trying to go to um, Adidas, see if we can get, you know, special like jerseys for the games, maybe basketball, shoes, socks, mm. all that type of stuff, you know, do some promotion, for example, you know, saying like, you know, we can do a hashtag, or hashtag campaign for, you know, it can be like hashtag Adidas for anti-racism. Um, this year on Nipissing, I'm super excited that I designed an anti-racism banner that will be in the gym for the whole season and on the soccer field. Damn. So I'm super excited for that. Um, and then the money that we fundraise from this event throughout the whole season is going to go towards creating grants for BIPOC students at Nipissing. So it's going to be the first of its kind. Um, so super excited. Super excited. I'm super excited for that. Um, both schools are on board. We've met a few times. Everything's good to go. It's just executing the plan. Um, getting wristbands from you know student athletes to support for six club members. I'm going to create like a video camp video uh, promotion video just because um, I love the way that we talked about last year with the NBA players when they're in the bubble and they took that stand. The way that they did their NBA um, Black Lives Matter video, I love that format. So trying to probably replicate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just going to be a tremendous event. Great opportunity to get the business involved, do a raffle. So trying to get um, local business involved to donate some stuff, do a raffle, use mm-hmm. that for fundraising as well. Um, and then the goal, hopefully, is that once people see Nipissing do it, because I'm trying to also go to OUA to make it a marquee matchup, that this hopefully can become a national thing, just like how Shoot for the Cure is a national thing for U Sports. Hopefully, this yep. can be a national game for U Sports, hopefully next year. But mm-hmm. that's everything that we're doing for New Base. I'm just, that's been the project I'm most passionate about, the Shoot for Change, just because it involves my team in basketball. Right. And they said, what better way to use your platform as student athletes than to do a game like Shoot for Change at a school like Nipissing, at a community that really needs it? And I think would honestly support it if we do it properly. So, Super excited for that. Jeez. Uh, do, do you sleep is my next question. Because yes, that is an impressive list of things coming up. And again, just it further solidifies, uh, I think, you as a human. First off, just what you're trying to do is long overdue uh i would say and it, it, it's impressive you are an impressive human being to do all these things and to have the passion you do to do these events like i can i can sense the excitement in your voice in all six of those events obviously the basketball game is obviously the one you say you're most excited about because it is your team but the just the genuine excitement and passion that you laid out in those six events i mean slow i i clap if i could but it'd be loud on the microphone yeah. but like that it's it's impressive and like i said again like full full ups to you full ups like that is how can i help i guess is what my next question like what what can what can others do to help because given everything you have like obviously using the game to create the change what can others do whether it's supporting new base athletes for change, uh, the podcast, the BCCA, the charity, everything you have going on, what can others from the outside do to help you create that change that you're so passionate about uh, making a reality? I think it's already started because a lot of people from last um, earlier this calendar year 
kept messaging me say hey like i want to join new base i want to join new base like this is a great group so first of all join like a lot of like i said it's not just new base like a lot of group schools have this group now like um like uft has the bipoc varsity association um mcmaster has the black student athlete council mm-hmm. uh Wargo has a black liberates athlete coalition so uw black um uh, ottawa has a black student athletes advisory committee like all these different schools have groups now so like they're giving you an opportunity to join so that's yeah. one thing the second thing and it basically goes with everything i'm doing and basically why i messaged originally was promotion like the more people know about this for all you know it might get to like that one person that can like really like help promoters whether it's like you know it's like news footage if it's um someone that like someone that has like a lot of money that wants like donate to this who's really looking to support right so right. i think those are like the two simplest things that i can give right away that people can do join and promote it on social media the right way because we also talked about the blackout tuesday thing which was kind of yeah funky. but this time use your powers to generally want to help promote the event because the more people know about it the more people come out the more people come out the more money can be fundraised and the more money can be fundraised can help people not just myself or current people at schools future people that come to school okay at the end of the day this is not about us. Like, this is about people that come after us because the whole point of us starting new base and like all these other schools probably start groups that they want p- people every time they come to school, even at, like say five, 10 years after they're gone, people feel comfortable. Right. And mm-hmm. it was just, it just simply starts with just making sure people know what the group is, what they're trying to do and how people can help. Cause there's a lot of ways people can help. They just, all you gotta do is ask and join. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, that's the, I think that's the thing for the outside is don't be afraid to ask whether it's like we've said before with conversations, if you've said something wrong in the past, don't be afraid to ask. Like, uh, this is what I thought it meant. This is where I was. How can I help to correct myself next time? Or how can I help promote these events and don't post it just to be on trend and then not do anything else about it. Do it. Like you said, the right way. Ask. Asking for help is a hard thing to do. Asking how you can help genuinely is probably just as hard for some people, but don't be afraid to ask at the end of the day. Right. And I've already written down, not in a planner because we've determined I don't use one. Um, January 28th and 30th on my notes. It's a marquee matchup for me. I don't care what the league says or anything. That'll be a marquee matchup. And if I can get up there, Damn well, I'll be there for sure. Got to buy a shirt though. I got to buy a, a t-shirt, whatever the design is. I got to make sure I buy one yeah, so I can. Design, design's ready. Like everything is good to go. Like so I, I can buy, so I can be a part of it all. Yeah. Anything else about your laundry list before we get into uh, some excitement about the season that we've missed? Well, we. I, I mean. Well, it's kind of ironic because we're doing the podcast and then we can talk about my own podcast. Um, okay. Let's talk about the Lakers locker room podcast. It is the uh, Nibisine Lakers student athlete podcast and something yeah. that I think uh, a lot or every school should have to self-promote. Um, for you, obviously, hosting a podcast, uh, what's that been like for you, kind of talking to various student athletes around Nipissing and, and stakeholders and everything else? How is that been for you it's been awesome like i've always wanted to start a podcast since i was, i've been telling people this like consistently i've been wanting to do a podcast since i was 17 years old um so okay. when the opportunity came up for itself like the way i 
got the opportunity to do the podcast was first of all the podcast started the year before I got there so it started back at the 2018-19 season okay. and, it, and it was run by a member of the men's soccer team and a member of the men's hockey team okay. so when George Floyd got uh, murdered last year one of the things I went to student union was hey like let's um, message the people who do the podcast to like that do an episode dedicated to, like let's have like a round table whatever whatever it is just let's have an episode talking about the stuff that's going on right. and then they said oh that's a great idea there's just one problem I was like what uh they're, they're graduating I was like, oh. like damn and then he came up to me he's like do you want it I'm like me he's like yeah you I was like and this is like back in June 2020 so this is like way before anything we just talked about I'm like listen right. I'm going into my second year no one knows me. No one's going to care what little me has to say. Like, no. I was like, and then he's like, listen, Teja, I'm like, there's other people that were looking to take over the podcast. Like, you're the best choice. So that week or like a week after, I was already talking to my one of my buddy, Jason, who's our, my co-host and who's mm-hmm. on my team. And we were already talking about doing our own podcast because we we're just catching up, seeing how we're doing. We just said, yo, let's do a podcast. And then that, that conversation happened before the offer came. Mm-hmm. So then once the offer came, I talked to him after and said, yo, like, you know, we're talking about the podcast. He's like, yeah. So the opportunity came out to do Lakers podcast. He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. Like, you know, you want to do it? He's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I was like, okay. Then I told the students to hey, like, um, we're going to do the podcast. So that's how, that's the story. And back to your original question, the podcast has been amazing. Like, uh, we, we completed season two back in June. So we yep. started season two, December 21st. We mm-hmm. finished season two just June 21st. So we did six months of podcasts, 23, 23 episodes, amazing, yeah. amazing guests, amazing conversations. Because the purpose, when me and Jason took it over, that we really wanted to make sure that the purpose of the podcast was to have thought-provoking conversations. Right. Like it says in our bio, like the purpose of the latest locker room is to have thought-provoking conversations on issues that are facing sports and today's society. Yep. Like topics that people don't want to talk about, kind of shy away from, we talk about. Like mm-hmm. we don't shy away from them. Like people might sugarcoat it. Like obviously you can't swear in the podcast, but other than that, we tell people speak your mind. Yep. We're not gonna shut you up. Like the floor is yours. Please share your story. Mm-hmm. And just hearing people's perspective and just seeing how people think and like the way people um, articulate this has been amazing because it's really helped me learn and really grow as a podcast host, as a person, so I can tell other people about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've had different conversations. Like the first few episodes really focused on um, George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. Then around January, that whole month, we focused on uh, mental health because it was Bella's talk day. So we yep. did three straight episodes talking about mental health. Um, one of my favorite episodes, probably my favorite episode, was that we did a, because we post on Mondays. It just so happened that this year, International Women's Day dropped on a Monday. So mm-hmm. it kind of worked out perfectly. So we actually did an International Women's Day edition where we had a panel of five female student athletes at Nipissing. And we just had a tremendous conversation on stuff that's going on, you know, with women in terms of sports and pay gap and, you know, um, just every everything that entails with that topic. Like, it was just an amazing conversation. Right. Um, and then we, we finished it off just where we started. We had our co-captains, Quentin and Shannon, come on the first episode to talk about, you know, this before new base became a thing. And it's kind of, excuse me, it's kind of crazy, too, because when we talked about the last the season finale, that a lot of the things that we talked about on the podcast for new base came to fruition. Like, we talked about, we kind of foreshadowed what was going to happen, so... We did that episode back in November, pre-recorded did it in December. The last episode for season two on June. So six months later, or seven months later, excuse me, seeing how far we came from those seven months from when we first started the podcast, like everything you could think got better, podcast got better. Like 
Mm-hmm. Editing got better. Yeah. Conversations got better. The flow got better. Hell, even me, me, I got better. Like my voice <laughs> got better. Like the way I was struggling when I first came on the podcast, I was terrible. Like the way I'm talking to you right now is so common. Like it's because I've yeah. done it so many times. But when mm-hmm. I first did the podcast, it was like, welcome to the Christine Locker Room. I'm going to stay on Graham. I'm like, it's it's nerve wracking it is nerve wracking the first few times yeah but then once i would probably say like the sixth episode or seventh episode that's when we came up with our identity we knew what we wanted to talk about but that's when we really like figured out like the flow like we figured okay we're gonna do this at this time we're gonna do this segment at the end and we're gonna and people um are talking about certain things like we're not gonna always stick to this trip we're we're gonna keep it going yep we really me and jason really found our flow doing the podcast and it's really great to see just listen back to every episode like i really love every single episode that we did but like sometimes people it's like an album for example sometimes people will have like your singles like your greatest hits that people put out to promote and then people have like filler songs in the album for us on our season like i feel like every all 23 episodes were good like you can pick any one of them and you're gonna I enjoy listening to the conversations we had so doing that it's just really trickled us to really be excited for season three because right now we're currently pre-recording we're about to be done pre-recording the first half of season three which by the way drops september 6th monday september 6th so look out for that and i'm just excited to continue to have more people on the podcast so far with the pre-recording we've had amazing conversations so we picked up right where we left off and just i'm just excited for another year of the podcast and just continue to promote nipissing athletics and promoting nipissing getting more people on that i've never met before to talk about this stuff because the most important thing for me and I'm pretty sure the same for you is that people feel comfortable. Yep. Like, I want you when you come on, I want you to feel comfortable. I don't want you to feel like there's a microphone in your face. I don't want you to think that you had to prepare for anything. I don't want you to think that you have to have a script. Like it's not scripted. Yep. Like the topics are scripted, yep. but your answer is not scripted. Yep. That's, a, that's the difference. We yep. want you to feel comfortable. We want you to be yourself. We want you to share your story. That's why we want you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think we've done an excellent job of that because every single person's come on has said it doesn't feel like a podcast. It right. doesn't feel like an interview. Like once we get into it, it feels like a conversation. And even though it's through a computer screen, that's what we want. Yeah. So just super excited to be back for season three. Like I said, Monday, September 6th. You know, you know download it on, on you know Apple Podcasts. Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, because we're going to be back and it's going to be another great season of more episodes and more content to come. It's it's always interesting to go back and listen to like episode one, two, three, <laughs> and then episode 21, 22, 23 to hear how you sound at the start and how you sound now. Like I can't, even to like, even today, we record, we're recording this August 16th. Uh, I listened like our first one going from that to now is night and day i think for myself and you and just that comfort level is tenfold and like you said that's what you want and it's 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 almost like a it's an art form in in a sense to have you want to have your topics set like i sent you a list today of things you know here's what we're going to talk about but there's no script other than that it's talking points and we go wherever you want to go. And I think once people get into it and see that it's a conversation and it's not, okay, I got to say this at this time, this at this time, not a lot of people get these opportunities, especially in in youth sports and CCAA, because there is not, there isn't media coverage on a national level. So when they hear I'm going to be on a podcast, they probably have an internal 
panic attack thinking, is this going to be like a scripted interview? Like, what do I have to do? <laughs> and then you get started and you're like, this is a lot easier than I thought. And for you with like talking to the other athletes at Nipissing, just it showcases the opinions, the stories, it showcases their voice that they otherwise probably would have gone four or five years in their university career without actually telling these stories or speaking their mind. And make, again, it always makes me wonder how many of these people have gone unnoticed for four or five years because opportunities like the Lakers locker room podcast haven't come around because they are more than just athletes. They are human beings first and foremost but they haven't been given this opportunity until now. Yeah. And it's a big going on promotion too. It's a big self-promotion thing. Yeah. You do it the right way. You're promoting your athletics department and programs every Monday, you know, that there's going to be a team or an athlete in the spotlight at Nipissing. You do it the right way, which you guys are doing. It's self-promotion and more schools should do it. Just saying. And the cool thing about, our situation is that we have we have like free reign like we can do whatever we want so not just nipples and athletes like the problem are probably most we had two guest lessons that i think that are pretty for cool the first one was kwame ose he was on amazing race canada season six yep um the way i met kwame was he was a speaker at our um for athletics in like february of, uh then the february mm-hmm. so i think it's a black history month thing so our school brought him in that's why i met him. i mentioned him say hey i love your story we'd love to have you come on the podcast didn't know me from anywhere and he said yes like he said yeah yep. so that's one guy second one was we actually had the opportunity to i got the opportunity excuse me to interview house of commons uh speaker anthony rota yes i remember seeing that as well so like doing that was like that was really really cool just because like his spot for never to miscoming so it was like having the opportunity to talk to him about politics and the fact that he was so cool to talk about black history month was another crazy thing too because like because I, they wanted me to ask him, like, or his, his uh, people before, like, hey, like, if you want to talk about Black Christmas, ask him. And, like, I already said that he was he had no problem talking about it. And the perspective that he took was, like, really good. And I was, like, it made me think. I was, like, oh, wow, like, I didn't even think of that. And that's what I wanted. So, like, mm-hmm. that's the other thing about the podcast, too, that we just don't have nipples and athletes. We have other people from different mm-hmm. places who have platforms talking about their stuff. So it's really free reign. That's what you, that's what you want. And it, it's interesting to see, like, how – far this goes and who it introduces you to like if you didn't have the podcast would you have met those individuals no who knows would you have had these thought-provoking conversations that make you think and make you understand and hear another perspective that you never thought of who knows and it's interesting like again like everything you've done once you take that first step and get into it and see how things unfold doors open left right and center you just everything like here, you have to take that first step. And now you're here a year later from last August and a whole new version of you has developed, I guess. And it's, it's really cool to see. Yeah. So season three, September 6th. Yes. I'm going to write that down too. I'm going to have this, <laughs> this is just going to, this sheet of notes is going to be my planner for the yeah. next <laughs> And until I lose it next week, and then I have to, you know, listen back and see what happens. I really need to get on the whole planner bandwagon here because it's very helpful, in, trust me. my life's in shambles. Trust me, it's very helpful. 
looking at kind of next this coming season just briefly before we kind of wrap everything up um when you got the news or heard that the season was coming back you guys were going to play after a year and a half off what went through your mind when you knew there was basketball coming back at Nipissing and in the OUA I was so excited. I was like, yes, <laughs> finally, yes. Like, oh my God, yes. Like, I kind of had a feeling it was going to happen. And then yep. when they finally announced it was going to happen, I was like, yes. Like, because last year, we, I think we had an idea that there probably wasn't going to be a season. Yeah. And, you know, coming back, it's crazy because I'm already in my, I'm 21. I'm already in my third year. I'm about to enter my third year already. Yep. And it feels like yesterday I was just this 19-year-old kid walking on campus for the first time. <laughs> so just and it's it's so seeing how much time has been like the last time we played our game was February 15th, 2020 against UFT. That was the last game we played. And yeah. our first game back is gonna be November 5th, 2021 against Carlton. Like that's almost two years of no yep. game. It's 20 like 19 months, 21 months, right. something like that. Something like that. Yeah. That's so, crazy. So seeing how far everyone has come from that last game. Like myself, the rookies that we grew up with that are now third years. And that's the other thing too, with this, all this stuff going on, like we were the rook. It's crazy because the last game we played, we were the young guys and this new game we played, we're now the old guys. <laughs> we're, now the, we're now the vets. <laughs> so it's, it's a complete 180. But to, to, once again, to answer your question, like I'm super excited. Um, this, Really looking for a free person to really take on a, a new role with the team, a, a new leadership position, like I said, being an older guy on the team now. Um, really helping the young guys not make the mistakes that I made my first year. Because right. that was a good thing about the pandemic, that it gave me an opportunity to really self-reflect. And one of the things I realized that everything I did my first year was, you name it, wrong, 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 wrong. Every facet of like being a student athlete did it wrong, whether it's studying, uh, mentality, playing, like everything I did was wrong. So mm-hmm. me... Being like I said, being a third year uh, student and technically second year eligibility because of last year, yeah, it's gonna really help me to really take on the leadership role and the fact that I can tell these young guys don't do what I did. Yeah, like, if you want to have success as student athlete, don't do what I did because right. my, my first year I had a lot of ups and downs, right? Like, good moments or some bad moments. So my advice is just gonna help them try to be as consistently as they possibly want to be consistent because it's not easy being a first year because there's a lot of different types of rookies where there's the ones that play a lot of starts, the ones that are up and down like myself, and then the ones that register that don't play at all. Right. So it's just kind of getting them accustomed to like, hey, like even though we all want to play, like not everyone's gonna play. Right. Like, that's just a reality situation. There's only 15 jerseys, there's really like only 12 guys that usually like really suit up and play. So right. So and- you're starting you're starting from ground zero. Like it's not high school anymore no where you you're the guy and like and that's that's what that was my mistake. Like I came in with a naive perspective thinking that, you know, I kind of are my title. Like I kind of deserve to put, like, I just came from prep and like, I did all this stuff. Like people don't care when you come to U sports, like you got to work your way up. Like this is yeah. not high school where you're playing against 16, 17. You're playing against guys are my age, 21, 22. Like mm-hmm. my oldest teammate, my first year was 27 and I was 19. Jeez. And that's a guard of everyday practice. So like, yeah. you're not, you weren't doing, I wasn't doing that in high school. So it's no. a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to hopefully help lead the charge and help us make the playoffs because we all want to make the playoffs. Like right. that's, that's the biggest thing for us. We want to make the playoffs and we really want to put Nipissi on the map to where people know who we are and people want to come here and be a part of this right. program. Right now for the rookies coming in, like you are in a gym with 
14 other guys or more who were the guy in high school. Now everybody was in that kind of similar situation. So for rookies coming in thinking, I'm just going to come in and be that guy again, you're going against 14 other that guys from high school. It's not easy. Right. And I mean, I've never been that guy in high school, so I have no idea what they go through. But at the same time, like that, it's a wake up call. It's a big, it's a big jump to go from high school to university academically, let alone athletically. Right. I'm excited for you guys to have a season again. Cause I can only imagine how long the last 21 months have been going practice with all the restrictions at the start of it. Probably you can't compete like you're in there shooting, doing fundamentals. You can't do five on five. And then with the ups and downs that Ontario's had with the pandemic, you could do things one day, the next day you're back to can't go in the gym and you're in there for a month and then you're gone again. Like to have that consistency is, is probably a welcome addition. And then you add in the fact that you can actually compete and have games and you know, there's a season coming in November, that light at the end of the tunnel is a lot brighter than it was last year at this time. Right. Is there anything else we missed? That's everything. That's a lot to unpack. We're good. You've, again, I'll say it again, one impressive human being doing everything you do with the passion that you have and being the person that's taken that first step in a lot of these initiatives and really giving people, whether it's at Nipissing or across the OUA, uh, the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than themselves using your platform to create that change that you want to see in the world is nothing short of impressive. And any way I can help, please let me know because be more than happy to, to be a part and help in any of these uh, initiatives that you have going on. And I think I, again, I think I speak for a lot of people that you've, you've connected with over the past year uh, that they are equally as blessed uh, to have connected with you to be a part of everything that you have going on just as much as you are uh, to have connected with them. So uh, I just want to thank you for doing kind of everything that you are doing. And I don't know if uh, it goes on set a lot, but it is, change that has been long overdue, I think, in Canada, especially because a lot of people don't think racism exists here. And uh, it's a wake-up call. So uh, big big ups to you for doing everything you do. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this. So thank you. There's Anytime you want to do this, there's always a spot here for you, whether it's virtually or with once school gets back in and a road trip up to, to North Bay is in order or – is, is, is your game on the 28th and 30th at Nipissing, or is it at 20th, Ontario Tech? 28th is at Nipissing. The 30th is at Ontario Tech, so in Oshawa. Okay. Uh, one way or the other, one of those two, uh, assuming schedules go, I will be at. So if nothing before that, hopefully we can, uh, we can put a face uh, to the name in person in January and officially meet that way. But again, anytime you want to do this, more than happy to have you. There's always a spot here for you. Appreciate that. So, yeah, so January 28th, um, 8 p.m. is the game on Nipissing. Uh, Sunday, January 30th at 3 p.m. is the game on Terra Tech. 
marketing your calendars, everybody show up, show out, get a shirt, be a part of the change and use the game to create the change.